Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with your treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life, you'll have all you need, just receive with a willing heart. You'll be set for life, you'll be on your way any day you decide to start. You'll be set for life You'll be set for life John 16:33 says in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world there's your victory He overcame the world it's done He didn't say I'm still working on overcoming the world just bear with me I'll get I'll get done soon He didn't say, I'll overcome the world later in the end times. He says he already did. It's already over with, okay? (laughs) We need to walk like we know that. Step out in the world and go, world, you're overcome already by the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no reason to be afraid of you anymore. And that will put confidence back in your step. Let's show people what victory in Jesus looks like. But to do it, we have to do what Joshua did. We have to turn around, stop playing the victim, stop being in defeat, because that's what sin will do to you. It'll make you think you're worthless. Always remember, when you feel like you're worthless, sin is having its way with you. Hey, if you were worthless, Christ would have looked at you and said, I'm not dying for you. But He did. He died on the cross for you. Let's learn from Joshua about moving from give up to get up. And so Joshua 8 and 10. Then Joshua rose up early in the morning and mustered the people and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people to Ai. And all the people of war who were with him went up and drew near, and they came before the city and camped on the north side of Ai. Now a valley lay between them and I, so he took about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and I on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, all the army that was on the north of the city and its rear guard on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. Okay, so now they're all set up for this ingenious ambush. And why is it ingenious? Because it's God's plan. He made this one up, okay? He told them how to do it. Now, the last time against I, they didn't ask or listen for God's instruction. So this time they're doing it his way. But you have three different contingents working here involved in this battle plan. The first contingent was the first ambush group that went to hide on the west side of I. They're hiding on the west. The second contingent was the main army that camped right in plain view of I. Like, we're right here, here we are, we're not hiding, we know you see us. That was kind of the, the diversion. And the third contingent is in verse 12. It says, a second ambush group of 5,000 men who were positioned between I and Bethel. For any of you military strategists out there, here's a question for you. What is the point of placing forces between an enemy and their nearest friends? To cut off reinforcements. 
Okay, that's why they're positioned between there. The friends at Bethel, they see the guys at I getting getting beat up. They're going to come running. You better put you some guys between those two cities. God knew what he was doing. Hey, God knows how to cut off your enemy from angles in you may not have thought about. That's why we have to ask him. So a main army in clear view, that's the group Joshua is with because he's Superman, right? He's awesome. And then one ambush group to the west, another ambush group to the east to fight off Bethel. They are listening to God now. They're doing it his way. And so this time it's going to work. Joshua 8 and 14. Now it happened when the king of Ice saw it that the men of the city hurried and rose early and went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at an appointed place before the plain. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. So all the people who were in Ai were called together to pursue them. And they pursued Joshua and were drawn away from the city. There was not a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. So they left the city open and pursued Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, look at the timing. You listen for God's timing. Then the Lord said to Joshua, stretch out the spear that is in your hand toward I, for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that was in his hand toward the city. So those in ambush arose quickly out of their place. They ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand and they entered the city and took it and hurried to set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended to heaven. So they had no power to flee this way or that way. And the people who had fled to the wilderness turned back on the pursuers. Now when Joshua and all Israel saw that the the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. Then the others came out of the city against them. So they were caught in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side. And they struck them down so that they let none of them remain or escape. (laughs) I love it when a plan comes together. They didn't know what to do. Let's run out. Israel runs in, set it on fire. And you know, in the Bible, God's wrath against sin, against a sinning person or sinning culture of people, is expressed by fire. It's always expressed by fire. What did they do to Achan after they stoned him? They burned him. Okay? They set the whole place on fire. You know, there is an ultimate place of condemnation called hell, and it's a, called a lake of fire. This is not a myth, guys. This is real. This is real stuff. We have to be right with our Lord. Make Jesus your Lord today. So when you do things your way, it's going to get ugly. Everything gets worse and falls apart and people get hurt. Defeat will have its way with you when you do things your way. And sometimes when God tells you how to do it his way, it doesn't seem to make sense. And then you end up arguing with God. Well, God, if I do that, then this is going to happen. How do you know? <laughs> Nobody questioned Joshua. They just, okay, we're, we're doing it. Everything about your way will tear down and destroy. And I've got two verses on this. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. I got another one for you. Proverbs 16, 25. Let's say it again. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It's in the Bible twice for God to have to tell us this twice. Some of us have to hear things twice, don't we? (laughs) You do it your way, you're in trouble. Now this is everything. You can pray about everything. You can pray about buying a car. You can pray about buying a house. You can pray about mowing the grass, whatever. Do it his way. 
Don't try to do it your way. Consult with God first. Believers need to learn how to react to trials, not with knee-jerk reactions of their own thinking, but through the discipline of obedience and prayer that Joshua obviously went through. And now he's operating right. Isaiah 55 and 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. We don't think like Him. Don't think for a minute that you, don't pretend that you think like God. You don't know. You always have people, well, in God's eyes, God sees it like this, and it's not biblical at all. Hey, you have no place to say that unless you quote it from the book. God doesn't think like us. Joshua 8 and 23. But the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness where they pursued them. And when they all had fallen by the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned to Ai and struck it with the edge of the sword. So it was that all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, all the people of Ai. You remember in the last chapter, they didn't think it was but a few thousand. Oh, we can take them, it's a few thousand. Here it says it was 12,000 people. Verse 26, For Joshua did not draw back his hand, for which he stretched out the spear, until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the livestock and the spoil of that city Israel took as booty for themselves, according to the word of the Lord which he had commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned Ai, and made it a heap forever, a desolation to this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until evening. I want you all to listen to this. I'm going to say it again. Verse 29. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until evening. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his corpse down from the tree, cast it at the entrance of the gate of the city, and raise over it a heap of stones that remains to this day. Now, that's pretty brutal. That's rough stuff. And we have to realize I was a wicked, very wicked, sinful culture of people that God had to execute judgment upon because that's God. They would not repent. They were furthering it. It was going to taint Israel. It was going to make things worse. God had to execute judgment upon them. And the king was hung out publicly like that because he represented everything that his people were. He was the king. He's the one that, that represented all those people of I. And the reason they took his body down in the evening was because of God's law in Deuteronomy 21 and 22. It says, If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall remain overnight. His body shall remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, for he who is hanged is accursed of God." So for God to give Israel their inheritance, the king of Ai had to be hanged as a representative of those sinful people. And he had to be buried the same day because that's what the law stated. You don't want the inheritance tainted. So that's why they did that. Now, let's recall Achan back in chapter 7. He brought sin into Israel's camp, but he would not repent. So God exposed him and had Israel stone him. Let's remember that. uh, I'm sorry, did I say 7? Joshua 6. It says in Joshua 6, 26, it says, Then they raised over him a great heap of stones still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. You all see that. When Achan was consumed by fire, the Lord turned from his fierce anger. That judgment had to be executed upon the sinful for God to, for his anger to be satisfied. 
we see that they did the same thing to the king of Ai. They hung him on a tree and they buried him in the same way that very same day so that God would turn from his anger. Now I want to show you another king who was done the very same way. They did this to him. Acts 5.30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Y'all see that? They did that to him. The same thing. Jesus was hanged on a tree, the cross. And when you read the gospel accounts of Jesus' crucifixion, you'll see they took him down at evening and they buried him the very same day, just like they did for the king of Ai. They took him and buried him the same day. Why? So that the Lord would turn from the fierceness of his anger against our sin. Same principle. So that the Lord would turn. You know, God is not mad at you if you're in Jesus Christ. But I've sinned and I've done all these terrible bad things. I know God's mad at me. He's mad at me. But if you allow your sin to transfer from you to Jesus Christ at the cross, when Jesus died and was buried, then the Lord turns from the fierceness of His wrath. You can consider God as a friend now. You don't have to be thinking that God's got a lightning bolt just ready to slash you into pieces all the time. Fear Him because of His power, but God's not mad at you anymore because that wrath for your sin was taken out on Jesus. That should make you walk with confidence now, shouldn't it? He took it out on Jesus Christ. Now Jesus had to be hanged on a tree, accursed of God, to die as representatives of His people. Just like the king of Ai died to represent his people, Jesus was hanged on a tree to represent all those who would come to him. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You give your life to Jesus, he became sin for you. Don't walk with your head down thinking, I messed up, I messed up, God hates me now. God doesn't hate you. God loves you. Well, God's so mad at me. He took that out on Christ. That's why Jesus went through that. And when they they buried him, God turned from his wrath. But Achan never rose from the grave. Do you see in Joshua 6.26 that I showed you, it says the heap of stones of his grave, they remain there to this day. The king of Ai never rose from his grave either because as we just read in Joshua 8.29, it says the heap of stones over his body remain to this day. But in the Gospels, Jesus' disciples went to his tomb and they found the stone over his body rolled away. Matthew 28 and 6 says, He is not here for he is risen. As he said, come, see the place where the Lord lay. (laughs) I've been to that tomb in Israel That stone's not there. It wasn't just rolled to the side. It was rolled away. We don't even know where it's at. I've been to that tomb. That stone's nowhere. It's not 500 feet away. It's it's just not there. You go to the tomb, there's a little rail. There's like the door, and there's like a little rail, like like a trench that goes a little bit. That's where the stone would have been. And I was looking for the stone. I said, Anna, do you notice the stone's not even around? (laughs) The stones remain over Achan, and the stones remain over the king of Ai to this day, it says. But the stone of Christ is gone, guys. How much more victorious does God have to paint the picture that you get to walk in? 
that Joshua is now walking in. And the Bible says, if death no longer has mastery over Jesus, if you're in Jesus, then death no longer has mastery over you either. If Jesus rose and defeated death and you're in Him, death can't ever have you again. Oh, you may go down physically, but you're never going to die the second death in hell. Isn't that good? Guys, can you walk out of here a little more chin up than you did before? Some of the trials you walked in here with that made you want to give up and make you think you were worthless... Drop it. Can you just drop it? If Jesus had died and stayed in the grave, he would have been no different than Achan or the king of I. He'd have, been no, he'd have still been there to this day. And his stones remain to this day. And, his stones, and Jesus' stone remains to this day. There's no victory in that. Stone's gone. Jesus rose again. And he went back to the Father. You have a king of I, but you've got a king of kings. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And from his victory, we can go from give up to get up. From give up to get up. You know, Joshua 6, 7, and 8, for those that have been with me through that whole thing, 6, 7, 8, I I think is a wonderfully contained little series that you can can read in a nice way to, to walk in because it shows God's promise to man. I'll get you in there, but then it shows man's failure and then man's repentance to being restored again. Go in and take Jericho. Okay, we did. Then you get cocky, don't you? And God does something big for you. You get a little arrogant and full of yourself. And then you get in trouble. And then God has to motivate you back up again. 6, 7, and 8 demonstrates that beautifully. 6, 7, and 8 is great. They now trust God after they failed at I, repented of their iniquity. And now they're walking back under God's ways again. You know... Um, there's a lot that has to do with, with us in this. I have been up and down many times. I know you have too. There's sometimes you feel like you can't do anything right. Everybody's out against you. Well, so what? God says, I'm with you. Remember Him. Don't let people tear you down. Don't let people lead you. You lead them. Lead them. Joshua had to also learn to stop taking orders from his soldiers. He led them. And now he's given commands. Let's walk with confidence and show the lost who a victorious Jesus is. Father, forgive us. We thank you for granting us repentance. Lord, help your defeated people to get back up. Help them to know how to trade, give up, for get up. And may we inquire of you on how to do it. We're not going to triumph by the human spirit. We're going to triumph by the Holy Spirit. Lord, all the problems that walked in here today, Lord, dissolve them where they are. And let us throw them in the grave where Jesus was buried and leave it there buried to this day. Thank you, Lord, that you rose him again, that we now get to rise with him so that we can walk in victory that has already been won. Lord, it's not for us to win. Jesus said it's finished. It's done. I took care of it 100%. And now we can walk in that victory. Thank you. You offer us that victory. Lord, we have trials. Lord, we have Jerichos out there. We have cities of Ai. We have Bethels to go take. Lord, we've got big things going on and it looks impossible. But the more impossible it looks for us, the better it's going to glorify you when it's done. Lord, give us a moment of pause that we inquire of you first. 
all the decisions that are going on in the room, all the big choices that are having to be made that still are not sure, how do we do it? I'm not sure what to do. Do we do this or do that? I don't know. Lord, hit the pause button on us all. And Lord, now we listen to you. Tell us how to do it your way. Father, I'm tired of trying to do it my way. It never works anyhow. Show me your way. Show me your will. I repent of trying to take over with my own hands, and I turn it over to you. I await your instructions. Lord, for everyone in the room, I pray you give them marching orders today. You tell them how to go and contend with the things they're dealing with. I ask it for every person here that they listen and they act on your instruction, just like Joshua did. We have the victory of Jesus We do not need to be afraid or dismayed. We thank you for it. This is the way you are, Lord. You love your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me set up communion real quick. Communion is biblical. It's for believers. And the Bible says, if you have a sin problem, now is your opportunity to review that sin problem and put it before the Lord. And if you do that, then you may partake of communion. I've seen people skip communion and they said, I don't want to do communion because I have a sin issue. Well, God knows that. But the Bible gives you permission to partake of communion if you will acknowledge that sin and say, I need this gone. Then you can take it. Communion is a time to remember the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. And it wasn't easy. And he didn't just take the sins of this congregation. He took the sins of the congregation up the road from us. He took the sins of every human being that ever lived in every point of history all at one time. Why? So that God could turn from the fierceness of His wrath and bury your sin in a hole forever. You ask forgiveness, it is all gone. Now you can walk like you know it. Well, Ray, I'm scared of what I've done. I'm scared. Jesus took it. Stop trying to hang on to what He has taken. So that the Lord can turn from His wrath against your sin. against your sin, And because He died for us, He just wanted us to remember Him. Here's how we do it. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said, do this. I just want you to remember me. If we remember what Jesus did for us, we remember we're forgiven. Let's do this to remember that Jesus gave us that way out. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. I'm proclaiming the Lord's death in this. I'm proclaiming that my sins are dead and buried. Gone. And they remain in that hole to this day. Jesus rose again. Let's proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. He's coming back. Father, thank You so much. Lord, I pray a lot of defeat just got defeated itself. Wipe it away, God. Bury it in that grave. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time. Unless Jesus returns for us first, Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you through a line-by-line, verse-by-verse study in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.